Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KCBS Radio, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, May 25th. There are so many questions about what the expected overturning of Roe versus Wade will mean for women's health and civil rights in this country when the anticipated ruling is handed down by the Supreme Court in the coming weeks. And one of these many questions with answers still tangled up in the limbo of subjective laws of individual states and health insurance policies and procedures is what it would mean for patients of IVF. IVF or in vitro fertilization has been a lifeline for women and couples who want to start a family but struggle with conceiving naturally. The IVF process takes a fertilized egg from a woman's uterus and a man's sperm and is then fertilized in a lab. And once fertilized, the embryo is then transferred to the woman's uterus. And while very effective and a successful, life-changing marvel of science that has helped couples start families, it's also very expensive. As conservative states talk of banning abortions, even trying to ban contraception, could IVF be the next reproductive health subject in the crosshairs of red state lawmakers with a narrow view of what constitutes life, conception, and a woman's choice in her reproductive health? My KCBS radio colleague, Kathy Novak, has been exploring this question. Why is this becoming something that people are putting a little bit more focus on and having questions about what the impacts of overturning Roe would have on the IVF procedure? I think because when we're talking about Roe and abortion rights, the central question there is around when life begins. And IVF involves fertilized eggs, embryos that are often frozen or discarded in the process. And at the moment, the people who are involved in these, these parents who are trying to concede, have the autonomy to decide what happens with those embryos. And there have been some on the more conservative end of the spectrum, religious groups, for example, who are against IVF precisely for this reason. They don't think that embryos should be discarded because they see them as life. I put this question to Dr. Heather Huddleston. She's clinical professor of obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive services at UCSF. And she actually said that where life begins is almost, you know, not something that you can answer scientifically. It's almost a matter of opinion. And if you ask her, what are the embryos that she works with when it comes to helping people who are trying to conceive, she called them a ball of cells. She says, there's no nervous system. There's no differentiation between the cells that, you know, make them different parts of the body, ultimately organs that, yes, we're talking about something that is alive. The cells themselves are alive, but there's a big difference between those embryos and all the steps that they have to go through to become a person. So from her perspective, at the moment, she's not immediately worried that IVF will be in danger right away if Roe is overturned, but she concedes that 
if you're talking about when does life begin and arguing that it begins at fertilization, then there are people who would have a problem with IVF and that it's something that she will be watching very closely to see what happens next. You know, if if an egg is, is fertilized successfully, uh, that is about the most joyous news that an IVF patient gets because it means the process has worked and they can now begin uh, the process of carrying that child, right? So, I mean, you're not talking about any of these uh, heartbeat-related things that a lot of these conservative states want to link to abortion restriction. Is is that an, a fair statement? I think that's one of the reasons that this particular doctor, Dr. Huddleston, was not immediately concerned that uh, the discussion around abortion rights would have an immediate flow-on effect specifically to IVF. I think it's uh, the concerns that people are having and the conversation that's being had is if this, then what comes next? And there are moves in certain states around personhood bills and the conversation around when does life begin, you know, beyond this discussion of heartbeat, no heartbeat. It is, does life begin at fertilization? And that's where the IVF piece starts to become a little bit murky. I think the other reason that the doctor was saying that she's not immediately concerned is from what she can tell. It seems that the consensus, even in the most conservative of states right now, is that public opinion is not behind restricting IVF. And part of that could be, she says, because, you know, the, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates about 2% of children right now are conceived through IVF. A lot of people are using IVF. And we are sort of having this discussion, well, could it be a matter of empathy then where, you know, abortion is not talked about as widely uh, compared to IVF. And perhaps the people who are drawing up legislation, who are arguing for the overturning of Roe, don't think that they know anyone personally who would have ever had an abortion. They might but they might not be talking about them. But a lot of people might have had a personal experience, either very personal or someone they know, um, to do with IVF and, and conceiving that way because it is so common. So she wondered if, if maybe that could be a factor around why even in the most conservative of states, uh, this is not, it seems, part of the broad conversation right now. Yeah. I want to go back to something you mentioned, and I think it's very accurate in this conversation, and that is the if-then scenario, right? Uh, if Roe versus Wade, if abortion rights, then what? And right now for this conversation, it's if Roe is overturned, what about and what if IVF comes into the conversation? But there are many other things that are entering this conversation. Among them are marriage equality for gay Americans. Uh, if the Supreme Court decides that a 49-year-old statute is... Uh, subject to being overturned. What about the Obergefell decision, uh, much more recent in history, that allows gay Americans to marry? Um, in reporting out this story and this sort of if-then scenarios, what else are you hearing that is of concern to people right now? Well, that example that you give is something that our colleague Holly Kwan had reported on um, in the past few days as well around estate lawyers who worked um, with same-sex couples before it was legalized across the country. Um, this particular lawyer was getting calls from people saying, do I need to start being worried if uh, our rights are going to start being rolled back? 
might this come next? And should we kind of get our paperwork in order to make sure that if something happens, then, you know, my husband, wife, spouse will inherit um, what would otherwise be naturally coming to them? And I think, you know, um, in, there was a move in Oakland to become a sanctuary city for abortions, and some of the city council members in Oakland were speaking out about why they moved this resolution. Um, and Sheng Tao, the council president pro tem, was saying this is going to open up the floodgates, in her words, like what comes next if there are abortion rights are up for discussion now. Um, do people need to be concerned about access to contraception, to LGBTQ rights, to all manner of things that perhaps are not part of this particular discussion, but the worry seems to be there that other things uh, may be coming next. And even more broadly, you know, I was speaking to another doctor at UCSF around concerns about abortion training and just general healthcare training for students who are training to be OB-GYNs in states that would very likely overturn um, abortion rights if Roe was overturned. Um, and that would mean that these residents who are the next specialists, the next generation of specialists, might not have access to the same kind of training that doctors would get in other states. Uh, what happens to them if they need to know broadly what it takes to uh, provide health care to pregnant people, even in the case that she was saying it might not just be abortions, it might be care when it comes to miscarriages, right. um, all kinds of questions that are kind of coming up around this conversation. Yeah, and it's a conversation that I think is only beginning. We have not uh, even approached the end of it. Kathy Novak, great information as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pitt. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 